Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Scott McKenna podcast. I honestly think this is one of the best episodes I have had yet. And no, it's not necessarily a guest you know, not necessarily anyone that you can actually research too much about, but a guy that I can tell you from experience, worked with him for three years, one of the best leaders I know in any organization. He's a senior pastor of the church that I attend and the church that I worked at for three years and is absolutely one of the best leaders I've ever worked with, ever experienced um, watching him work with people. He just is a tremendous leader that I think has so much insight to share on a topic I think so many of us need to get better at, and that is delegation and equipping. I realized very quickly as I started to build my business and I went full-time in my company last year that there was no possible way that I could continue to grow my business like I wanted to, trying to do everything myself. It's just not possible. I think we all could agree that you can't build a huge business by yourself. But yet that's a very hard thing to do. It's very hard to get to the point where you feel confident enough in either the person that you have on your team or the person you're thinking about hiring. How do you give up some of the things that you've had control of the whole time, whether it's shooting, whether it's editing, whether it's some of the management stuff, the admin stuff, whatever it is. How do you get to a point where you can give up some of the things that you do and delegate to other people. I think it's a topic that is so, so important for small business owners, entrepreneurs, people in this video industry. So this is an awesome episode. I wanna stop wasting any time in the intro and get right to it. This is my senior pastor, Joe Hensler, tremendous, tremendous leader, tremendous man, and just a guy that I admire so much. So let's jump right into it. All right, Joe, this feels weird because we're like uh, really, like feels very fancy sitting here, but thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for taking some time today to talk about a topic that I wanted to have you on because I feel like you represent it so well, and that's leadership. Leadership and delegating and building um, a team, um, something that obviously is so hard to do for a lot of people. So thanks for being on, and thanks for lunch today. It's fun to be together, and it is great that we have a relationship and that we get to talk about leadership. We've done this a few times together Mm -hmm. on personal stuff and just working through things ourselves. So yeah, fun to be here. And I'm glad to be able to hear your questions and maybe share some ideas. Yeah. So, I mean, we, we've talked about this obviously many times, me, uh, obviously working at the church, we got a chance to work together for years. And, and what I obviously saw was an incredible leadership style from you, just a a very humble leadership style. Um, someone who's very good at what they do, but yet never, never makes it seem like you you're better than the people underneath you and that's something that i've always obviously really admired i think that it's hard for a lot of good leaders i feel like a lot of people that tend to be looked at as good leaders also tend to be looked at as they're not easy to work for Hmm. and i think that that's do you feel like that's a that that is pretty common like a lot of leaders just i think struggle with the humility side of Hmm. being the boss but not being the jerk (laughs) yeah there is there is that fine line and i think I think it's easy to have the type of drive and vision that many leaders have, the things that make us successful and capable. It's easy for those things to go to our heads and for us to, to be egomaniacs and think, oh man, if the world needs me and if I don't do it, uh, if, if my ideas aren't the best, if I'm not uh, successful and succeeding and driving, and then the organization that I'm leading isn't going to be as successful. And that's just, it's a lie. But I do, I bump into tons of leaders that 
I don't even want to be around them because they're such jerks. Mm-hmm. And I go, that's just that that just doesn't seem to be the way leadership should happen. And certainly in a church environment, I just it's even more repulsive yeah. to have a leader that thinks they have a big head and think they're better than everybody else. So yeah, I think it is pretty common. And I think it's a part of it that comes with success mm-hmm. when you're successful. I, was say, I feel like not people don't start that way. Most leaders don't start as as arrogant, like unfriendly people. Mm-hmm. But then the leadership and the the pedestal that they get put on mm-hmm. lets them like get to that way. And what what are some ways that you found that that how do you obviously in a church environment it, it's even more important. But how do you keep yourself from the ego? How do you keep yourself from being at the top of leadership, but still knowing that you have to lead a team humbly? for them to listen. I feel mm-hmm. like it's easy to follow someone who is kind and humble. And that's obviously something you did well. Like, do you, what do you feel like are some kind of things that helped you yeah. stay there? I mean, I, th- I think again, it goes back to, it's so easy for success at any level to go to your head and think, okay, look at me. I mean, I'm so good, that's why this is successful. I'm so capable, that's why people are coming. I'm such a good film editor, I'm such a good writer, I'm such a good actor, everybody wants and needs me. Mm-hmm. And what I think I've learned, and this came from just studying other leaders, good leaders, is that the best, most successful people and leaders long-term, not quick burst success, and then it's good for a while and then goes away. But long-term success in leadership is when there's collaboration and teamwork. Mm-hmm. The best products come from collaboration and teamwork. Mm-hmm. And all of us could look at great leaders and go, yeah, Steve Jobs, incredible. And he's the poster mm-hmm. child for so many good things. But look at the designers and all right. the other people that were working with him yeah. that Apple would never be who they are today if it wasn't for collaboration and teamwork. Yep. So it's so easy for in sports for one star to think it's all about him or her. It's same is true in business mm-hmm. and in organizational leadership. It's not about me. And the moment I make it about me and I think my organization rises and falls based on me, it's so easy for it to go to my head. And the moment I make a mistake, everything crumbles mm-hmm. instead of going, no, we're going to do this based on collaboration and teamwork. And it, it, I bring so much to the table, but all the other people that are involved in my organization bring so much more too. And we can do it together and it allows us to create a healthy environment where we're successful together and it's for a long run yeah. rather than short, quick, easy, done and forgotten. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know that that's, that's something that I, I feel like I'm getting better at now, but it's something that I know I've struggled with in the past and so many, especially people that are new into business or are currently the only person working for their business. It's kind of this easy mentality to, even if you aren't necessarily the best, when you are the only person and then Mm -hmm. you are going to your first employee, your Mm -hmm. second, your 10, how do you let go of things and know that your way that was always the way Mm -hmm isn't necessarily the best way. And I feel like I'm, I'm really starting to get that more, but it's something that is hard. Like how, how do you, you know, being a part of, for those watching on the vlog or those listening on the podcast, there's faith church has grown a lot in the, in the five, eight, how many years now has it been since you came? I've been leading for nine years Yeah, for nine years. So obviously so much has happened in that time. A lot of growth has happened in the church. Obviously there's been a lot of things that you've had to 
let go of. Mm -hmm. Things that you did nine years ago, you probably don't do now. And how do you get to that point? I feel like that's a hard thing for people to grasp is I'm not going to be doing every piece of Mm -hmm. editing, every piece of shooting, every decision. And that's okay. Like that's better. It's it actually is better, mm-hmm. and it is. It's it starts with having humility, I mm-hmm. think. And again, this isn't. It's just true across the board in sports and economics and education, academic and any nonprofit. If ego gets in the way, if it's about you, so start. I think it starts with humility. The best capable leaders that are sustainable over time and do the most good in the world, drive economies, change structures bring about new inventions in healthcare and technology it's not ego driven mm-hmm. it's driven by humility and collaboration so if you can get that right as a leader and kind of mm-hmm. self check yourself that honestly the world doesn't need joe hensler or scott mckenna mm-hmm. i think the world needs great churches yeah. and great video and great audio but they don't need me and right. if i can get that keep that right in a daily basis kind of check my own ego and go if I got hit by a bus today, the world is going to keep spinning. Yeah. And there's going to be still churches. If you got hit by a bus today, yeah. there's going to still be videos yeah. being produced and podcasts. Just put yourself in the bigger perspective and go, I'm just one person. Yeah. I want to do the most good for the most people as every day I can, but it's not about me. Getting that in check and then realizing that collaboration and team is only happens when the senior leader or the entrepreneur or the sole proprietor realizes that it, it, the more I am the only one that does anything, it's a ceiling on the potential yep. of what we can do. And that's what I'm realizing. Yep. I mean, I, it holds you back. It holds you back so much, and then it makes it impossible to grow. You can't grow a business nope. by yourself. Because one of you the things... You can grow to a certain point. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <you're> <laughs> and again, if the ego is driving, then control mm-hmm. is a huge piece of it that mm-hmm. I have to control. And like, okay, no, I don't have to control. I have to unleash people to mm-hmm. do and give them principles and parameters of sort of a sandbox. Like, okay, here's the boundaries in which you can play in. And I'm going to encourage you to live and function and use your creativity and your skills. I'm going to give you a sandbox to play in and I'm going to let you play. So my role instead now becomes as a leader is to create the guardrails and the boundaries for other people to be successful. And when they're successful in those boundaries, my company, my organization my sole proprietorship becomes successful as well. Right. So it's creating, spending time as a leader, now creating boundaries and values that drive our organization. Right. So in video production, what are the things that matter most to yeah. you? Synthesizing that, mm-hmm. creating language for that, and then giving people freedom to run within those boundaries and to use their own creative energies and actually be okay with the fact that for for your company to grow, they're going to have to make mistakes. Your yep. employees are going to have to make mistakes and learn from their mistakes, and that's going to be the fuel that allows mm-hmm. you to grow. But if you never take a risk on anybody, I mean, yeah. both of us have similar stories mm-hmm. that people older than us took a risk on mm-hmm. us when we were raw talent. Yeah. I mean, all of you who watch and look at Scott McKenna's work, incredible stuff. But there is raw talent at some point when he was in early years. And somebody has to take a risk on people. And if you don't take a risk on people and give them an opportunity to fail and succeed, you'll never move ahead as an organization. Yeah, and I think people, I'm realizing more and more too, people, they, they like, they succeed and do better when they have some of their own freedom 
and creativity to do things. There's so many times that like we want to cripple people and say, this is the way I've always done it. This is the way it has mm -hmm. to be. This is the way we do it as a company. And yet there may be a much better thing that comes out of it if you actually gave them a little bit of leeway to let their natural gifts show what they mm -hmm. can do. Because like you said, I, I, I had, I was raw talent at different things. You were as well. You don't necessarily know someone's skill set unless you let them make decisions. Mm -hmm. And I think what I'm trying to learn and get better at is that you have to try to find the, the line of, is this not necessarily the way that I want it, but it's not going to hurt my company if it's not a yeah. hundred, it doesn't have Absolutely. to be here. Yeah. If it's here, I might only know what that difference is and that's okay. Yep. It's not going to shut down. You know, I'm going to make the ultimate decision if I know something's about to shut down my company. But these little things that I've realized that I've kind of been like, no, it has to be for what? Yeah. Like it's so little and we feel like because it's not our line, yeah. it's this massive thing. Yep. And, you know, and this is again true across organizations. It doesn't matter whether you have no employees, one employee, or 100 employees. One of the most important things a leader does is define and determine the culture and the expectations mm -hmm. and what I would call the cringe line. I mean, mm -hmm. you know that we yep. talk about this around here, that there's a certain line that we go, if it falls below there, we're all going to cringe and go, oh, that's terrible. Above the cringe line, okay, so we're going to give people freedom that my line might be here. And my expectation how I want to act and how I want things done. But I, I, I know my expectations probably are too high. And one mm -hmm. of the reasons I've been successful as a leader is because of my high expectations. But not everybody has that. Right. And if I wait for everybody to have that, I will never scale my business or my organization. Yep. So I have to be creating another line below that, which I'll call the cringe line. Here's my expectations and my excellence that personally drives me and maybe has gotten me to the point that I am today. Mm -hmm. Here's the cringe line of our organization. It's probably lower. Yeah. And give people the room below the cringe line that needs to be dealt with. Mm -hmm. Certainly, because you know that if your company gets below the cringe line, organization you're going to be losing market share losing mm -hmm. possibility opportunity you're not going to do that but that's really the zone okay your expectations and personal drive is here as a sole proprietor but there's no way you can expect especially as you start to scale other people to meet that before yeah. you give them a chance yeah give them a cringe line and say let's start with this cringe line here's so back up from that as well and go okay my job is to create the language, the culture, the guardrails, the expectations, the principles mm -hmm. that create the culture of our organization. It's to take a risk on somebody. Mm -hmm. And then you think about who you're going to take a risk on. Do they share your values? Right. Are they humble and coachable? I mean, if their character is humble and coachable and they share your values of excellence you can coach them from the cringe line up. Right. But if you start to work with people and hire and bring on people that have such low expectations or they yep. don't have humility and they're not coachable, man, you're screwed. Yeah, and I you're think gonna... that that's yeah, and that's huge. I mean, cuz I think that the the biggest issue is as a leader too, are you saying here's my expectations, if you don't reach it, you're out of here or are you saying I don't expect like I can't expect me to hire somebody 
and tomorrow they're going to know everything that I actually expect in the first place. I have to, I have to train people Mm -hmm. and give them a chance to do things because there's also, you know, your expectation, your line of what you want to reach to a point is also just a preference. And people, people may have even higher expectations, even higher skill level, but you're saying, my expectations are this, but it's actually more of like your preference. It's not that mm-hmm. they're doing things worse. It just may not be what you, so it's almost like looking at it and saying, is this just the way I've done it? Cause I prefer it. Or okay. should I reevaluate and think to myself, Hey, I've never used that transition in video. I've never done that kind of thing, but that's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, so, and I think that it's, that's kind of a line that I'm kind of realizing is important too, because you also have to train people. You cannot expect someone to come into an organization and instantly just know everything you do and try to learn it without you saying, hey, here's where our expectation was. You can expect that and you'll have turnover of employees over and over and over and you'll never scale. So it's taking a risk, again, doing the hard work, doing the hard work to create the language principles that matter most to you and then hiring and I would really encourage like people to hire part-time, like hire somebody for five hours a week right. and test them to see if they're coachable, yep. if they have, they match your cultural values. That way, if you do have to let them go and say, this isn't a right fit, you don't have a huge investment. Yeah. So start small and okay. So we, we have a number of full-time employees that started working for 10 hours a week yep. here and now they're full-time with benefits. Yep. Because give them a little bit and create the language, create the boundaries. Are they coachable? Man, yeah, they're coachable. Okay, give them more responsibility. Give them more and train them into the role, not expect they're going to have it. And there's a failure point for a lot of organizations. High expectations, low tolerance for mistakes. It, it, and a it, short window of how long it takes. Like, you're in here for a month. We evaluate you. This is just not working out. But, like, did you give them a chance? Yep. Or are you just, is your ego saying, I, I thought you were going to be quicker? Like, some people learn differently. Absolutely. And I think the coachable point is a huge thing because it's, you know, working with Pablo for the last year, it kind of being my only really person that mm-hmm. I pay, it, it's amazing to see, like, how much he's grown and he was eager to grow. Yeah. And that was a big thing. He didn't come in necessarily with, like, the talent that I would have specifically said, like, here's what I'm looking to hire. But I saw that he wanted to learn. He wanted to grow. Yep. And those are the people. And like you said, you give them, especially in the video industry, you, you bring somebody in and, and give them a small project to work on. Give them something small that, like, if they completely mess it up, it doesn't matter. Like, yep. We can redo it. And I'll take, something small. I'll take a coachable person over an expert yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. So it's like, okay, if you have my cultural values, you know and understand and actually believe in the principles of our organization and, con- and our company, and you're coachable, I-, I mean, I can work with you. We yep. can work together yep. and figure this out. I think one of the other pieces, when we use the word delegation, that's really important. And, and I, I know maybe others wouldn't think this way, but just as I've processed it, I've thought of there's two ways of looking at delegation. One, I'm going to delegate the things that I either don't have the time to do or don't have the skills to do Mm -hmm. because the time keeps me from the things that I do best and the things that the organization needs me to do. It's not that, that I'm the only one that can do it, but at this point in time, the organization needs me. I do this part of the organization the best. So in order for me to do that, I need to delegate 
to other people some things that I need them to do because it keeps me from doing what I do best or things that I don't do well. Yep. I delegate those things. But I would add another category, especially in small business, if you're going to take a risk on somebody, it's I'm going to see other people as people I'm going to equip. So the difference between, I think, delegation is I'm going to delegate the things that I don't, if I do it, it's going to keep me from what I do best, and I'm going to delegate the things that I don't do well, but I'm going to equip someone to do what I do well. Right. I already am good at, I'm successful at, I could do it better than you, but I see in you, you have demonstrated enough ability and coachability. I'm going to take another extra risk on you and give you things to do that I could do better, faster, hmm. and I'm going to give you that opportunity because I want to raise you into a significant position within right. my organization. Every organization needs people who receive tasks to do that are delegated, that others could don't do well and keep the leader mm -hmm. from doing other things. But every organization needs people we're raising up that we're equipping to do our job, mm -hmm. the things that we do best, mm -hmm. and say, okay, I'm going to take a risk on you because I believe you have the potential mm -hmm. that if I'm going to give you more, and I can look at what you do and go, man, I wouldn't do it that way. I, I, w I wouldn't choose that. <laughs> uh, whatever. I wouldn't do it that way at all. But I trust you enough. We've done enough together that I'm going to take a risk on you and give you an opportunity because when I give you the things that I do well to do, you learn, we grow, and I discover that, wow, you have creativity that I don't have. Mm -hmm. You have abilities that I don't have that make us a better organization. Yep. And I might back, just back up from a situation and go, man, that person actually does this better because I took a risk yeah. and now I can focus on other things I never thought I would be able mm -hmm. to deal with because I've taken a risk on her or yeah. I took a risk on him and gave them things I do really well. So in my environment, I mean, I'm a communicator, so it's, it's easy for me to want to do all the communication. But at the end of the day, there are other people that if I don't equip to do communication, mm -hmm. the day that I do get hit by a bus, my organization is going to fall Has apart. Has no voice at all. So yeah. instead of going, no, for the longevity, I'm going to delegate to many people, but I'm going to look for one or two that I'm going to equip, yeah. which is delegation on steroids. And I think that's super important because especially when you're growing, they, they, they always say you know, that the first five or 10 people you hire are essentially building the foundation of your company. Mm -hmm. And if you suddenly got to this massive level of success in your company, and yet there's only one person at all that can make super high executive level decisions or things now it's too late that i think the equipping thing is so important because yeah i mean there's i mean i don't think you ever hire somebody and think that they're better than you your your kind of internal human ego is always going to say i am going to do this better than you i'll equip you but like you said you start to give people some opportunities yeah. and you're like wow you might be surprised okay, you're way better than this than i and thought that's that talk I about a high leverage spot where your company then scales to another level yep. because now there's two of you that are creating yep. content yep. and maybe differently, slightly differently, yep. or but the same a new heartbeat that still is. Yeah. yeah. So it's like every company needs, I'm going to be delegating to some, but to one or two, I better yep. be equipping and giving them things to do 
that only I can do and I can do them better. Yeah. But I'm going to take a risk because what happens is I'm going to see emerge from someone something that's going to allow our company to scale to another level because I got out of the way and I didn't have to do it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are scared about that because a lot of people, especially in the video industry, are scared to, I equip you for two years and then you realize you're good and you now know the secrets and the tricks and you start your own business. You become even better than me mm-hmm. and now you're my competitor but i've realized a long time ago that like if that happens like there's nothing you could do like you you can't yeah. let you, you not equipping someone while they're on your team doesn't help your company and if you somehow equip someone so well that they do it themselves that's just that's good leadership it, it, like yeah. not that you want people to leave but at the end of the day like if i saw someone create a massive business from something i trained them like that would actually be a good feeling. Like, I mean, I create YouTube videos to help people. Like, it's a good feeling. Yeah. But I think that's naturally the thing people are scared of. In, in, the, com- in commercial, the corporate America, you don't want to train your employees better than you because you might lose your job. Again, like, that's a hard to, spot, right? Absolutely. Ego goes back <laughs> yeah. to ego. But here's what I would say. As a company that scales, if you can create the culture of humility and collaboration, that success happens best when we collaborate and we're humble enough, and even as a senior leader or the highest executive, I'm humble enough to share credit, share profit, share, I mean, share, that it's not all more of me, that I can create such a company that the best innovative ideas that come out of the people that I'm equipping want to stay here. Yeah, and if they do the break off, is good enough. Yep. Yeah, if they do break off, okay, I can't, but I can't live in fear as a no. leader and be afraid that if I do X, then Y might happen. Yeah. If you're driven by fear in any way as a leader, you're sealing yourself. You're holding yourself back instead of saying, "Today, here's a person that I can equip. I'm going to equip them. What they do with that in the future, that's not for me to control." At the end of the day, there's much more joy in equipping people to succeed, mm-hmm. even if they do leave your company, because you know that you had a part in developing someone yep. to do great things in this world. Yep. At the end of the day, equipping is, I think, brings a lot more joy than delegating, because delegating yep. is, okay, we need certain functions done. Equipping is raising up new yep. leaders that have the potential of expanding our company and changing the world for good with good things. So, yep. you know, just that fine line difference between delegating things that I yeah, could do super, that keep huge. me from things that I could do better yep. or things I don't do well versus identifying one or two people that you're going to say, I'm going to equip them to be yep. successful and capable yep. and expand our business in new ways. Yep. And I think it's just super important, especially and, and in the in the delegation side of it too, one thing that I think I've realized that's so important too is to realize it's I'm kind of more of a fan of let people that are really good at something continue to really do what they do well mm-hmm. and don't try to make them don't hire somebody that's an incredible race car driver and ask them to do a job that that they're not really, really skilled in. Like I want to let people bring in. So like when I look for people to hire, I'm trying to look for the things like, what don't I do well? What do I need help in or that I don't have skill in? Hire people that do that well. But then when they come in, don't try to cripple them. Like if you hire them to do the job and you know they do it well, let them have more freedom in that. It doesn't make any sense for me to tell somebody yeah. to that they need to work on their editing if I hate it and I didn't think I was good at it, which is why I hired him. Like, so that's I think just a, a thing that I'm really learning is important. Go back too. to create language and boundaries and culture that you can clearly articulate to people and say, do you buy into these values? 
that's then becomes the freedom for them to run and play in the sandbox. Yep. You know, if you think you're going to say to your kids, go run out back and have fun <laughs> and don't put a fence around it, they're going to be in the street yep. and there's going to be problems, yep. but put a fence around it and then let them run free and play. And you're going to find discovery of joy and freedom for you and for them. Yep. That's awesome. No, I appreciate you taking some time. Just a tremendous leader. And I think that this is obviously really valuable for people listening. I know this is something that a lot of companies either do well and they grow to a big scale or they never get past a ceiling because they're just afraid to let people play in the sandbox. And I'll go back to one last thing. If I can add one more thing. Personally, it is hard to get to a point where... I, I, I can't know everything about our organization. Mm-hmm. I can't do everything in our organization. It's There's times that in my own person, it, it's difficult because people will ask me questions. I mean, our staff is out of size. Our church is out of size where I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know the last names of people on my staff. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know the family circumstances. I, and it's hard for me mm-hmm. personally. I'm a very relational, yeah. want to be a part of. Yeah. And so I just have to remind myself, wait a minute, it's okay. Yep. Because the overall good of what's taking place in our organization has required me to shift and change how I do things multiple times in order for us to continue to move forward and do the most good for the most people. So if personally it's hard for you to let go and there's a grieving process sometimes of having to, okay, I can't do those things anymore, it's just okay that that takes place. And you don't have to hold your organization back for your personal grief. Grieve it personally and say, for the sake of moving forward for everybody, it's worth this. Yeah. So you know, sometimes it's hard personally, but work through that personally. And then keep going because you're equipping and being successful as an organization and growing your profits or expanding your abilities to to capture more video or do more good on YouTube because you actually got past yourself and your own ego and grieved and kept going. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, thanks for taking some time. I think this is going to be super valuable and appreciated. Thanks again for lunch and we'll catch up soon. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. So thank you so much to Joe for taking some time to be on the podcast. I hope you got as much value out of this as I did. It's just something I think we all need to get better at. And when you get better at it, when you start to get to the point where you can trust others and let go of some of the things that you're holding on to, especially control of, you will absolutely grow your business faster. So I encourage you to find people that you want to equip, that you want to equip to do things even better than you and let your business grow from that. I think it's huge. So thanks so much for taking some time to listen to the podcast. I always appreciate you taking some time. and So thank you so much for taking a few minutes, as always, to listen to the podcast. I really appreciate it. And if you'd reach out to me on Instagram at Scott McKenna or Twitter, Scott W. McKenna, tell me what you thought of this episode. Tell me some of the takeaways. I would love to hear what impacted you. That's the reason why I do these podcasts and everything on YouTube. So thanks for being here. I will talk to you guys very soon.